Welcome to The Lamb and the Scroll, where we unpack scripture using the rich tradition of the church. I'm your host, John Brayer, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Here I Am formula for the spiritual life. The phrase, here I am, that three-word phrase, shows up many times throughout, especially the Old Testament. It occurs less frequently in the New Testament, and so in this episode, I want to focus in on the Old Testament instances of that short phrase, here I am. And in some of my reflection on it, I found that not only does this phrase pop up over and over again, but very regularly, it's accompanied by a pattern of events, not just that phrase. And so I actually wanted today in this episode to explore that pattern with you and then to offer a few reflections on what that might have to say about the spiritual life. And so it's important to note right up front that not every time that here I am is used does this exact uh, pattern take place. So there are a few times in which this pattern unfolds, and I want to focus in on those today. So today we're going to focus in on three particular characters from the Old Testament, Abraham, Jacob, and Moses, all of whom at some point utter that phrase, here I am. And so we'll start with Abraham. This is in Genesis chapter 22, if you want to follow along. Genesis 22 is one of the more challenging passages from the Old Testament to dig into. Uh, There's a lot involved in this passage, so we're actually not going to address that passage as a whole in this episode. Rather, we're just going to focus in on this phrase, here I am, in the surrounding context. So I'm going to start reading in chapter 22 with verse 1. Sometime afterward, God put Abraham to the test and said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son Isaac, your only one whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. There offer him up as a burnt offering on one of the heights that I will point out to you. Early the next morning, Abraham saddled his donkey, took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac, and after cutting the wood for the burnt offering, set out for the place of which God had told him. So again, that's Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 3. Now, as you might know, there's a lot of issues involved in this story of Genesis 22, so I'm not even going to pretend to get into those today. Instead, I'll link in the show notes to an old episode where I more thoroughly explored this topic. So for today, I want to focus in on this interaction between Abraham and God. And I want to suggest that there are four main components to this interaction. First of all, God calls out by name. He calls Abraham. So that's the first step. And then the second step is that Abraham responds with this common phrase, here I am. And of course, as we find it throughout the Old Testament, this phrase indicates a character's willingness to participate in God's plan, a readiness to do what God's calling him or her to do. So that's the second step, is the character responding to this call with here I am. And then God, in the third step, gives Abraham, in this case, a very clear instruction. And of course, this instruction is quite challenging, and there's a lot wrapped up in this instruction. But nonetheless, step three, God gives an instruction. And then fourthly, and importantly, Abraham responds obediently, and there's actually no verbal response at all. He just does the thing. Verse three is actually kind of eerie almost, in how there's no pushback, there's no questioning. Abraham just does what God has asked him to do. Again, more on that in the episode that I've linked in the show notes. But this four-step pattern, we'll start to see in several stories. God calling out by name, the character responding, here I am, God giving it an instruction, 
And then lastly, the character doing that thing without any sort of response, just saying, yes, I'm going to do your will. Again, not verbally, but through their actions. What's actually fascinating is that in Genesis chapter 22, we actually find another example of this. We don't even have to go to another chapter or another character. If we scroll down just a bit, I'm scrolling down because I have the iPad uh, version of this story. Um, But if you go ahead just a little bit in chapter 22, we see a very similar pattern play out starting in verse 11. Now, verse 11 takes place right after Abraham is prepared to sacrifice his son, Isaac. So verse 11 says, But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. There's step one. We see God, in this case, speaking through the angel, reaching out by name to Abraham. Watch for step two. Here I am, he answered. There we go. Step three, we'll find here in verse 12. Do not lay your hand on the boy, said the angel. Do not do the least thing to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you did not withhold from me your son, your only one. Abraham looked up and saw a single ram caught by its thorns in the thicket. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering in place of his son. And so there are steps three and four. There's an instruction, don't sacrifice your son. Abraham doesn't respond verbally. He goes and uh, finds the ram instead to sacrifice. So again, we have Abraham as this great example two times in this chapter following this pattern where God reaches out to him. He responds, here I am, indicating his willingness to be obedient. God calls him to do something and he does that thing. Again, this is not just Abraham. If we look ahead at another character, Jacob, much later in Jacob's life, we have a very good example of this exact same pattern unfolding. So now I'm going to fast forward in the story to Genesis chapter 46. And I'll start at verse 2. There God, speaking to Israel, that's Jacob's new name, in a vision by night called Jacob, Jacob. There's step one, God calling out by name. He answered, here I am. And again, there's step two. Then he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will make you a great nation. I will go down to Egypt with you, And I will also bring you back here after Joseph has closed your eyes. There's step three, the very clear instruction, go to Egypt. And guess what? Verse five, we get the last step. No response from Jacob, but here's what we have. So Jacob departed from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel put their father and their wives and children on the wagons that Pharaoh had sent to transport them. And then, of course, we see Jacob, his family, all going to Egypt just as they've been commanded by God. And again, we have the same pattern of events unfolding. God calling out by name, the character responding, here I am, God giving a clear instruction, and then a nonverbal response in which the character clearly follows God's will. Again, that's not the only time this happens. It happens with Abraham, happens with Jacob. And let me point out one more time. This is with Moses in Genesis, er, Exodus chapter 3. Now, this one's a little bit different. So I'll point out how this one's a bit different, but nonetheless, very similar pattern of events. So this is in Exodus chapter 3, and we're going to be looking starting at verse 4. And this is the story of the burning bush. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, this is Moses looking at the burning bush, God called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses. And there's step one, God reaching out by name. He answered, here I am. Again, no shock. This is starting to be very predictable at this point. There's step two. God said, do not come near. Remove your sandals from your feet, 
for the place where you, are, where you stand is holy ground. I am the God of your father, he continued, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And so essentially he's told him to show respect. And guess what? What does Moses do? Well, it's probably predictable at this point. No verbal response, but he complies. Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God, of course, out of respect. Now, this one's a bit different because as this story unfolds, we see on Moses' part a bit of resistance, actually. And so that's, again, something I'll address uh, separately in a conversation with one of my colleagues, and I'll release that conversation um, soon. But there is some pushback that Moses gives to uh, God's commands and his desires for Moses. Of course, Moses ultimately complies. But nonetheless, at the very beginning, we have that same fact pattern at play here with Moses. Exact same. Step one, God calls out by name. Step two, the character responds, here I am, indicating obedience and a willingness and a readiness to participate in whatever God's going to call that character to do. Step three, God gives a clear instruction. And step four, the character non-verbally assents and does that thing. Now, I, I titled this episode, the here I am formula for the spiritual life, because I think this formula, this four-step process, is really what our spiritual lives could look like and probably should look like. Because God calls each one of us by name. We know that. We're each called by name by God. We each matter. And I think that in our prayer, if we started with that simple phrase, here I am, that's a good way for us to open ourselves to God and to say, here I am. I'm willing, I'm ready to do your will. Tell me what it is. Now, of course, at times it's challenging to unpack what God's will for us is. But I think by starting with that attitude of openness, we can align ourselves with what God's will is. Instead of trying to engage in some sort of negotiation between us and God and trying to get God to, you know, come and meet us on our terms. No, no. Be open to God's will for us. That's what here I am indicates. And then lastly, step four is the probably the most important step. Right? We don't just have to be open to it, but then we have to actually go and do something about it. And that's the challenge, is not only being open to it, not only listening for it and discerning what it is, but then going and doing it. And I think that's where Abraham, Jacob, and Moses give us really good examples in the Bible. There are, of course, many other examples of faithful servants. We could look to Mary. We could look to many other people who are faithful disciples who follow the will of God. And that's what that fourth step is all about. And so as we go through uh, the rest of Ordinary Time for the next few weeks, and then as we enter into a new liturgical year at the end of this month, I think this is a good thing for us to be thinking about. This idea of the spiritual life patterned on or based on this here I am approach. So perhaps that's something we can continue to meditate and pray on as we go forward with our daily lives. Thanks so much for listening today.